Matthew 5, 45 and 48. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Called to perfection. This promised commandment written in the book of Gospel of the Gospel of Matthew and presented to us in a series of sermons of Apostle Arkady is the inheritance of saints of all times and it is addressed, this commandment, by Christ strictly to his students. Therefore, people who do not acknowledge the authority of the person whom God has sent over themselves do not have any place to this commandment or in this commandment and it is doubtful that they will ever be able to and so we stop to study the purpose of the righteousness of God in the heart of a person that is demonstrated in the ability to in the ability of clothing your essence into the holy and selective love of God Colossians 3 14 15 but above all these things put on love which is the bond of perfection and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful <clears throat> according to the given place of scripture the rule of the peace of God or the righteousness of God within our heart is possible upon one condition if the selective love of God will abide within our hearts and we will be clothed into the selective love of God. The character of the selective love of God presented by the Holy Spirit in Scripture in the light of seven unchanging characteristics, they are all written in 2 Peter 1, 2 through 8. These are virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. <clears throat> As we heard that every one of these seven qualities of the fruit of virtue contain the characteristics of the rest of the qualities. As they flow one from the other, complete one the other, empower one the other, and confirm the truthful nature of one the other. The given virtues are the moral perfection and example that is inherent to the essence of God. It is gifted to us by Christ, who with which we are supposed to become rich. To enter into the inheritance of these qualities is possible by receiving the Holy Spirit as the Lord and Master of our life and obeying our faith to God's faith. And by inheriting these great and precious promises, we become a part of God's divine nature. Speaking of the uh, virtue of God, we have decided to receive and listen to the wellspring of all good. And so, the Lord presents himself this way and speaks in the church that has the virtue of a good wife. And he teaches us by parables, and one is the narrow gate. It is written, some will seek to enter through this narrow gate and not be able to because of their baggage. And so when we're talking about the virtue of all good in God, we have the ability to receive wisdom. And so with virtue you can receive then knowledge, knowledge to differentiate what is good and what is evil. And then when we talk about virtue knowledge, then we comes, comes self-control. And so 
you choose what is good, what God calls good, and reject what God calls evil. So a virtue, knowledge, self-control, and then perseverance. And so everything that God calls good, that you look at it, and you look look at it with perseverance, with patience, and you produce it as fruit in your life. And then godliness. Godliness, by sanctifying yourself, you can keep yourself and keep your crown. And then brotherly love, we then are passed from the state of death into the state of eternal life, which is where coronation takes place. All of these need to be present, and they are necessary so that the church can uh, be brought to the groom Jesus Christ. And so the selective love of God, demonstrated in the seven unchanging characteristics or virtues, have nothing in common with and cannot have anything in common with the nature of tolerant love, human love, which is filled with egoism and is not continual. And unlike the tolerant and egotistical love of man, the selective love of God is different in that it is it has the great inflaming or burning zeal of God, his absolute wisdom that in no way is able to be used for egotistical and personal goals of man. Due to this, the power of the selective and holy love of God, agape, <clears throat> in the format of the seven unchanging virtues, is called to destroy the stronghold of death in our life and in its place erect the stronghold of life in our body and call their body into the resurrection of Christ that is into our new person. And so we continue to study the qualities of brotherly love. And we have been identifying them, we've given its purpose, the conditions, so that we can have this quality brotherly love and have been studying the signs. <clears throat> By what signs can we examine ourselves as to whether we are demonstrating brotherly love in our faith? We studied some of the signs and we will dedicate the service to study the next sign by which we need to determine that we have the love of God agape demonstrating itself in brotherly love. This is by the truth that shall spring out of the earth and righteousness that shall look down from heaven upon the truth that is springing out from our earth. Psalm 85, 10 through 13. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our Lord, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him, and shall make his footsteps our pathway. We see the ability of David to draw God's favor upon himself by collaborating with the truth that has grown in his heart into the fruit of righteousness. A very important revelation that several services have been committed or dedicated to. We can say, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, but There needs to be a teaching behind these words. God can show mercy, and one of his ways of mercy or methods is that if in our heart we have truth that's sown there, if truth comes from the earth, the good soil of my heart, 
this truth first needs to be received into the good soil of my heart. And when this truth is in my heart, then the mercy that is in heaven can look down to this truth. Here it's talking about how to determine that we have this truth. The truth needs to be grown into the fruits of righteousness. And so truth needs to transform itself into God's righteousness, fruit of righteousness. And then truth that transforms itself into the fruits of righteousness, that way we will obtain, that's how we can obtain then God's peace. And if you remember that Abraham became an heir of the world, not uh, not by the law, but by the righteousness of faith. In the life of Abraham, he had righteousness and he had God's peace. And when he had these two, the mercy of God then received the ability to look to this truth while this truth is in my heart. And if it's not showing itself, But if it's showing itself, we have the right to God's mercy. The mercy of God in the temple of our heart is one of the 12 components that is within the foundation of the wall of the great Jerusalem, which consists of the precious emerald stone. <clears throat> and so let's see where mercy is. It is in Jerusalem. Revelations 21, 14, 19. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, third chalcedony, and fourth emerald. We know that it is specifically by the inner essence that is the structure of every precious stone that the atmosphere of each of the 12 foundations of the wall of Jerusalem are determined. At the same time, the name of the apostle belonging to this foundation is the reason for the coming about of the atmosphere providing God with legitimate grounds to find himself in the heart of man in his precious mercy. Emerald, as in the precious and clear emerald stone, is of a bright green color. This color in scripture as well as in nature is a symbol of resurrection and life. According to scripture, the name associated with the fourth foundation of the wall of the city is the name of Apostle John. Matthew 10, 2. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. First Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother. The name John means Yahweh is merciful. By this we can conclude that the life of God that is, pre that is present within our heart in the fourth foundation of the wall of the city is precisely the convening or meeting of the mercy of God that comes down from heaven with the truth within our heart that has grown into the fruits of righteousness. The word mercy is identified in scripture in the qualities of the grace of God. And here's the identification of mercy. Mercy that comes, looks down to the truth that has been produced as fruits of righteousness. Mercy is restoration, support or provision, preparation, care, commitment, faithfulness, loyalty, kindness, leniency or indulgence. <clears throat> and this is for a person that is able to grow the <clears throat> truth in his heart 
and bear fruits of righteousness. Because of this word, <clears throat> the word mercy in Scripture is broad, both in definition as well as application. According to such definition, mercy is called to take part in identifying and regulating the norms of a legitimate relationship that needs to be formed first between man and God, between man and other men, and between man and all the world. Additionally, the presence of the mercy of God in one aspect of our life does not in any way guarantee that it is automatically present in other aspects of our life. <clears throat> Just as it is when, you're, when you conquer one city in the land of Canaan, this does not mean that you have now conquered the entire plot of that land. Therefore, according to Scripture, for the mercy of God to be present in each aspect of our life, each aspect of our life needs to satisfy the demands of truth grown into the fruits of righteousness, upon which the mercy of God can look down within the power of the life of God. And we will remember that it is us that are responsible for creating an atmosphere of truth in each individual aspect of our essence that comes from the grown by us fruit of righteousness that would be able to draw the favor of God in His mercy upon us. Therefore, it is specifically the choice of a man and following that choice decisions and actions that will determine whether this person becomes a vessel of wrath or a vessel of mercy. As it is written, Romans 9.22.23, What if God, wanting to show His wrath and to make His power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and that He might make known the riches of His glory on the vessels of mercy, which He had prepared beforehand for glory? According to the sovereign relationship a man has with God, creating an atmosphere of truth in the heart, grown by us into fruits of righteousness that would be able to draw God's favor upon us is the mutual collaboration and everyday collaboration of God with man. Because of such collaboration of God with man, it becomes vital for us to identify in each aspect of our essence the role of God as well as the role of man. And for this purpose, we need to remember and study a series of questions. The answers will then show us how successful we are with collaborating with the truth that has grown in our heart into fruits of righteousness with the mercy of God, by which we can examine ourselves, that we demonstrate the power of brotherly love in our faith that brings us or moves us from the state of death into the state of life. And so the four questions. First, identifying the essence of mercy in the moral appearance of God. What is mercy? <clears throat> as it will be looking down upon us from heaven. The purpose God pursues in His mercy, the price that draws the mercy of God upon us, and the results that identify the mercy of God within our life. <clears throat> First question. What qualities do the scriptures ascribe to the virtue of the mercy of God that looks down from heaven upon the grown by us truth that is called to take part in brotherly love. When the flood took place, which was death, uh, a condemnation for, uh, for, for the sin that had been, <clears throat> Noah discovered mercy, the mercy of God, and this was this green uh, leaf that was brought to him, symbolizing the Holy Spirit. This leaf was testimony of God's mercy that looked down from heaven to the truth or upon the truth that was on the earth and that the waters had subsided and that the land uh, 
then showed or that, that became revealed on the earth. Genesis 8, 11, Then the dove came to him in the evening, and behold, a freshly plucked olive, tree, olive leaf was in her mouth. And no one knew that the waters had receded from the earth. And so olive tr- leaf, uh, the emerald stone with the name John on it, Yahweh is merciful, which the Holy Spirit brought, this dove brought. <clears throat> and there was a whole process how Noah uh, collaborated with God so that he can receive this green leaf so that the waters of the flood would uh, satisfy God's wrath and not that God would uh, beat against the old man out from from outside of him or from outside the ark yes, to satisfy God's uh, wrath but God wanted us to confess God's holiness and agree with it, not be silent. And so what did Noah do? He opened the window. Uh, it was a very small little window uh, at the top of the ark, and he let a crow uh, uh, go, and it kept coming back. It kept flying away, coming back, and... Once God, sat, God, God was satisfied with the work of the, of the crow, it's a black color. We uh, need to j- judge ourselves according to Scripture by confessing this black crow and confess that you die for your nation, the house of your father, and for your sinful life and for all your personal desires. Not my will, but your will be. What do I do? I uh, release this black crow or raven. Now we move over to the dove. How do you release the dove? He released the white dove and it flew and flew and could not find rest for its feet and returned back to him into the ark. He stretched out his hand and took her back. He waited seven days and he again released her. She flew and flew and flew and returned again. And by confessing, he again released the white dove. And so when it brought that green leaf, he released it again, and that time it didn't return. And so for us to come out of death or be moved from the state of death to the state of eternal life, confess death in those aspects or areas where it's needed. We will see then our nation, the house of our father, our sinful life, our corrupt desires. When all of this is satisfied, then we begin to confess. And when we confess, the Holy Spirit will bring us this green leaf. The person who whom is given this green leaf will know about it. The scriptures say the name that will be written upon the white stone. No one will know except for except the one whose name is written. And so a person, by confessing together with the Holy Spirit, he will receive uh, the response of God together with this green leaf. This is, person will know that he received it. He will begin to change completely the way he looks at life wealth, money, everything that he sees around him, it will change. He will change in the way he, he does look at these things. And he lives at a very different standard. And 
And again, when he confesses this word again, it will this time not come back to him. He will enter this t- at this time into God's resurrection. According to scripture, the mercy of God can be counted upon by one who is dedicated and one who understands the essence of God's mercy and upon what foundations or conditions God shows it or demonstrates it. And so let's see where we can find mercy in, in the Bible. First, the mercy of God when it comes to us as his vessels of mercy is identified in graciousness and long-suffering of God with which we are called to collaborate with the grown by us fruit of perseverance while waiting for the mercy of God, which we are called to demonstrate within our faith in the power of brotherly love. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Psalm 103.8 Here we need to understand how does the Lord uh, demonstrate his mercy And so one of the conditions we see here is that we need to possess the fruit of patience. The Lord wants me to learn patience, to be slow to anger. That means to be patient. And in this way, the mercy, because without patience, the mercy of God will never look down upon us. One of the qualities we need, again, within our heart is the fruit of patience or perseverance, waiting for God's mercy. And the mercy of the Lord will look down upon us when God desires and not when we determine it should be. Sometimes you hear people say things. Not in our church, maybe uh, itself, but people place conditions for God and they don't have patience in their heart, and of course, the mercy of God, they can't count upon it. Second, we're identified the mercy of God, how the mercy of God will look down from heaven upon us. We need to have the truth that's in our heart, and we, we need to say, Lord, we are ready to produce the fruits of patience. Second, the mercy of God, when it comes to us as vessels of mercy, is identified in hope upon the word of God, with which we are called to collaborate, obeying our faith to the faith of God, spoken by his messengers. Psalm 119, 114, you are my hiding place and my shield, I hope in your word. And so here, the Lord is our covering, he is our shield. If we collaborate our faith with God's faith. He is our hiding place. We are under his protection and he becomes our shield. And this is God's mercy, how God wants to protect us. But we need to be under the hiding place. We need to be in that place. Uh, We need to acknowledge the status in the church and confess the truth of the word of God. And God will then become my living shield. Third, The mercy of God, when it comes to us as his vessels of mercy, is determined by receiving the Holy Spirit, who is called to instruct us by his messengers and by the manna, which God has not withheld from our mouth, and by the water that quenches our thirst. Nehemiah 9.20 You also gave your good spirit to instruct them, and did not withhold your manna from their mouth and gave them water for their thirst. Here it's talking about the fact that the mercy of God 
I write upon my heart, Lord, you will not uh, withhold your manna from me, your teaching, and you will give water, which is the Holy Spirit. Your mercy to me is your word, is in your Holy Spirit. I thank you. Fourth, the mercy of God when it comes to us as vessels of mercy is identified in our life by the existence of the person whom God has placed over us, whose words we are called to obey so that we can draw God's mercy upon us. Job 33, 23-26 If there is a messenger for him, and this messenger is, of course, a living person, one that is a human being that will represent God's fatherhood. If I have such a person, an angel, an instructor, to give a mediator, one among thousands, to, sh- to show man his uprightness, then he is gracious to him and says, Deliver him from going down to the pit and have found a ransom. His flesh shall be young like a child. He shall return to the days of his youth. He shall pray to God and he will delight in him. He shall see his faith with joy for he restores to man his righteousness here the Lord will show his mercy and how many components of this mercy beginning with our body and then our soul and our spirit also because we have this messenger this mediator you can't speak of God's mercy if you don't have a messenger fifth We're talking here about God's mercy. God's mercy is a sign by which we can demonstrate brotherly love if we don't have God's mercy. If you don't have this mercy, if I don't have this mercy, we will not be able to love one another. We will not be able to. God's mercy will not be there until the truth is received in our heart. Right now we are hearing this truth. We're uh, refreshing this in our heart. Fifth, the mercy of God when it comes to us as his vessels of mercy is determined by our proper regard for the vessels of mercy which we are called to demonstrate within our faith in the power of brotherly love for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy mercy triumphs over judgment James 2.13 one who has shown no mercy is one who has fallen away from righteousness the righteous will rise seven times and rise again he may fall into sin apostle peter in his situation he he fell if you remember he said i do not know him and he vowed that he didn't know him and they were saying well you look like him you speak like him and he said i don't know this man and he sinned god forgave him for that judas iscariot He said, I had betrayed innocent blood, and God did not forgive him. Why? One uh, fell, and one fell away completely. He made a decision to come against the one whom God has placed, to discredit him. And here people say, mercy is above judgment, people say. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And so the scriptures say, uh, well, people say you need mercy triumphs over judgment and don't judge so that you not be judged, but 
judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy, though, it says here. And then it says mercy triumphs over judgment. Judgment where there's no mercy is one that has never shown mercy. And when the church needed help, they stumped, stepped upon it and mocked it instead. And so judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. James 2.13, sixth, the mercy of God when it comes to us as his vessels of mercy is determined by the given to us time and our behavior regarding this time by which we need to judge ourselves and having the power of brotherly love in our faith. <clears throat> Ephesians 5.15.16, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. <clears throat> regarding time, behaving toward it properly, and so mercy has a specific time, a specific span of time. And so when a person is born again, he is given time uh, where God gives him the ability to come out of the flesh. And if a person refuses to come out of the flesh within the time God gives, then mercy for this person ends. And he becomes a terrible religious individual that is always stumbling upon everyone and trying to control everyone. Why? Because mercy only collaborates with those who are within God's time and value the time God gives, given to them by the Holy Spirit, because mercy, uh, if a person violates that time, uh, misuses that time that is given. It's necessary to value the time given. And the Lord is long-suffering. He And so, if you remember that uh, one individual had taken uh, from the accursed thing, they went to war and they had lost, and they experienced a great loss, and Joshua said, why did you do this, Lord, that you should shame us in front of our enemies? But he said someone had taken something accursed. When you were destroying Jericho, one person took from uh, from what belongs to me. And tomorrow I will show you. Jo he told Joshua, and he told him, first, call the tribes that I, that I will tell you, and from these tribes I will then show you specific families, and from these families I will, and each one will start coming out from each of the families, and I will, appoint, I will uh, pinpoint the person who, who, who took of the accursed thing. God is patient, he waits, he first takes, uh, says that it's the tribe of, of Judah, and from, and he then continued to to identify within the family, and then uh, he finally came and he identified that person. And so he told then Joshua, "This is the man who had taken the cursed thing," and he says. What 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 do I do? And they said you need to. He said you need to stone him. Seventh, the mercy of God when it comes to us as His vessels of mercy is identified in our heart in the fear of the Lord by the sign of which we are called to examine how we regard those that fear God. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him. Psalm one hundred three seventeen. And so you need to possess mer uh, wisdom in the format of the fear of the Lord, 
and God's mercy looks upon you then. Without God's wisdom, you can't count on God's mercy. And so these are the seven ways in where the mercy of God demonstrates itself. Second question, what purpose does God pursue in His mercy that looks down from heaven upon the truth that is grown in the soil of our good heart into the fruit of righteousness so that we can examine ourselves as to whether we are demonstrating the power of brotherly love in our faith. First purpose of the mercy of God when it comes to us as the vessels of mercy is called to call forth in our essence the demonstration of the life of God by the sign of which we need to determine the presence of the power of brotherly love in our faith. And so again, the keynotes or key words here that we need to look at is the life of God. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Loving kindness is not the life of man, it is the life of God. According to this place, we can conclude that the mercy upon the list of priorities is above our life in the in the body, because not it is not the life that's in the body that prompts God's mercy, but the mercy of God is what brings forth life. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Genesis 2.7 And so the Lord had made us according to his mercy. He breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. And now the Lord says, this mercy that I breathed into you, it needs to now look down upon you uh, from heaven and so what does that mean that's do not breathe your life that's in the flesh but breathe the life that looks down from heaven and of course the greatness of God's mercy is that none of us independently is able to uh, impact God that he in such a way where he would draw his favor upon us or would bring his favor upon us creating an atmosphere that would attract or draw God's mercy upon us is a collaborative effort between you and God. <clears throat> we can't impact God in some way. Why? Because we can't do anything without Him. And so I can't come to this piano and just lift it with one hand. I say, the Lord says, Lift your hand, uh, lift it with one. I will lift it with one hand, and the Lord will lift the rest of it with the, with His hands, and and so again, He collaborates with us to do any kind of work, and so to impact God or or to make God do something in some way without collaborating with Him. <laughs> And so if we're vessels of mercy and we collaborate with God's mercy that looks down from heaven, we are collaborating with God. Why do we not praise Him? That we lift Him up because He allowed us to do this. Second purpose of the mercy of God when it comes to us as the vessels of mercy is called to give us power to the right to call upon the name of the Lord by the sign of which we need to determine the presence of the power of brotherly love within ourselves. <clears throat> Psalm 86.5 For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. According to the given place, the purpose of God's mercy, which is at the foundation of our salvation, is called to 
serve only one category of people who have the power and the right to call upon the name of the Lord or to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. To call upon the name of the Lord is to possess the ability within your spirit to hear the commanding voice of the Holy Spirit that reveals the truth in the heart so you immediately fulfill what you hear in your heart. If a person does not fulfill the commands of the Lord, for example, not to uh, lie, not to commit adultery, not to steal, not to kill, not to be jealous, not to avenge yourself. And so a person uh, who does not collaborate with God will become a vessel then of wrath and he will uh, not draw God's favor or mercy upon himself. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fail severity, but toward you goodness, if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you also will be cut off, Romans 11.22. And so in this aspect, God's mercy is called to be poured upon us if we call upon the name of the Lord. How do we call upon the name of the Lord? It's not just to pray. To call upon the name of the Lord is to learn to listen to the Lord and immediately fulfill what He says. And the one who hears the word and and fulfills what he hears, the doer of the work, he draws God's favor upon himself. Third purpose of the mercy of God when it comes to us as the vessels of mercy is called to give us power to the right to be a partaker to the oath covenant that God made with our forefathers. Deuteronomy 4.31 For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not forsake nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers which he swore to them. Deuteronomy 4.31 When God uh, speaks of the covenant that he with an oath made with our fathers, he does not mean their descendants in the flesh, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are the descendants, spiritual descendants, that are in accordance to their faith. A person that does not have a spiritual origin from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's, it's interesting that people look in their genealogy to find out their uh, real, uh, their physical genealogy to see how much, uh, what percentage of of, of Jewish they may have on themselves or other uh, nationality. Often, the way that uh, you can determine if one is a Jew is they hide that they are Jews. And so, when a person is trying to dig in their their genealogy to, to prove something in some way, then that means they are not truly Jews. As we're talking here about a person only spirit, in spirit is a true Jew. A person, again, that, that does not have the spiritual origin from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is not able to determine or to understand uh, the mercy of God, which is only within the boundaries of his covenant. Romans 4.13 For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And so as Abraham received mercy, we also will, if we will walk 
as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, these men of faith, and walk the same path that they did, then we will be able to draw God's favor upon ourselves. We're talking about God's mercy, and we're studying the purpose, why we need mercy. The purpose of the mercy of God when it comes, this is fourth, purpose of the mercy of God when it comes to us as the vessels of mercy is called to draw God's attention to our troubles and know the adversities of our soul by the sign of which we can determine the presence of the power brotherly love within ourselves. I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy for you have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversities. Psalm 31, 7. And so in his confessions, a person thanks God for his mercy, and the Lord also needs to hear uh, your trouble. And this is not when someone is having a self-pity. This is, as Apostle Paul says, uh, unfortunate man am I who will deliver me from this mortal body. It's not self-pity, but the proclamation of God understanding his troubles and that a person wants to be free of the stronghold of death in his body. And of course, when the Lord hears such a prayer, such trouble that a person has, that he wants to be delivered from such trouble, then of course, mercy will look down from heaven. Fifth, purpose of the mercy of God, when it comes to us as the vessels of mercy, is called to hold us up when our foot slips by the sign of which we can then determine the presence of the power of brotherly love within ourselves. If I say, my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. Psalm 94, 10, 94, 18. And so you may say, how? A person, uh, their foot slips, and God, because of his mercy, he holds them up? Yes. The prophet had said, when I looked how the wicked live, how they live well, and how they live, how their children live. Then I was ready to stumble upon God, but when I entered into God's sanctuary and I heard the terrible end of these people, I was comforted with the Lord's mercy and I rejoiced. And I said, stand and pay the price and it's worth humbling yourself. It's it's worth receiving the correction of the uh, messengers or people of God. Because he was wondering why these wicked people are doing so well on earth, but God's saints are suffering. And so he told them, go into the church, go into the sanctuary, go into the temple, and I will show you their end. Sixth, the purpose of the mercy of God when it comes to us as the vessels of mercy is called to guide us by his messengers to the holy habitation of God. Exodus 15:13. You in your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. Numbers 14:8. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. God's mercy demonstrates itself in that he leads us into his holy habitation. He will be 
allow us to see the resurrection of Christ in our mortal bodies, and this will be God's mercy. Seventh, purpose of the mercy of God when it comes to us as the vessels of mercy is called to give us peace. Psalm 36, 7. How precious is your loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. God's role and the purpose of His mercy in every aspect of our life is that He implements in these aspects His norms, His identifications, what in these aspects is to be considered evil and what in these aspects is considered good. Our role in activating His mercy in our life is that we need to prepare our heart to listen to the listen to God and to immediately fulfill what we hear. His mercy is where? In the shadow of His wings. In the shadow of His wings is His mercy. We are under God's protection. We are under... This is where God wants us to acknowledge His, uh, his order. And God says, I want to find you in the shadow of my wings. And these <clears throat> wings is the teaching of blessing and cursing. These wings are the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. When we have the Word of God and Holy Spirit, our ability to hear the Word of God and obey it, this means that we are not just under God's uh, rock, but we are... And so you hear people say, well, I love my pastor, I love my church so much. Well, that's good. But God's mercy is under the shadow of wings. And the shadow of wings is when a person has the urim and the thummim, the word of God, Holy Spirit, that reveals this truth, this word, so, so that we can hear this word and according to scripture, we can obey this word. And so the shadow of the wings, it If we are under God's covering, we are familiar with the shadow of the wings. If we are not, or we are only partially, then we need to never come out from under the shadow of these wings. You need wings so that you can move forward. <clears throat> it's just like a, a, a bird or as an eagle that covers her, uh, her young under her wings. This was the purpose of the mercy of God in our heart. That mercy that comes down or looks down upon us from heaven. Third question, what price do we need to pay so that we can grow within our heart the fruit of righteousness from the seed of truth so that the mercy of God can look down from heaven into our essence by which we can judge that we are demonstrating the power of brotherly love in our faith. And so the price. First, to grow the seed of truth into the fruit of righteousness within our heart so that the mercy of God can look down into our essence, it is necessary not to have any carved image or any likeness of anything and not serve them. Deuteronomy 5, 8 through 10. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth in the earth beneath, or that is in the waters under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them, for I am the Lord your God, and a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Deuteronomy 5, 8 through 10. And so, 
carved images, likenesses, is something we place ourselves dependent from, what we value, that we place as a priority when it comes to God. And these can be the gifts of the Holy Spirit, this could be the blessings of God, this could be some kind of creation of God, including man, that people uh, worship other men, any attraction or ha- or hobbies <clears throat> that interrupt with, with service, and finally our own persona. You need to overcome these idols in our life and draw then God's uh, mercy upon us. Be free completely from these idols. Deuteronomy 7, 9, Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. Deuteronomy 7, 12, Then it shall come to pass, because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the mercy which He swore to your fathers. An interesting component here. We need to have no carved image or any likenesses of anything or worship them or bow down to them. Second, to grow the seed of truth into the fruit of righteousness within our heart so that the mercy of God can look down into our essence, it is necessary not to touch anything accursed in the form of tithes and offerings, including ourselves. Deuteronomy 13.17 So none of the accursed things shall remain in your hand And so it literally stays on your hand. It shall not remain in your hand, it says, that the Lord may turn from the fierceness of his anger and show you mercy, have compassion on you, and multiply you, just as he swore to your fathers. Deuteronomy 13, 17. We need to consider that an accursed thing is everything that belongs to God. And so any attempt to take of anything that belongs to God is, according to Scripture, Uh, daring to take of the accursed thing and so instead of the expectation of mercy we will then uh, be greeted with the uh, wrath of it or fierceness of his anger and so this accursed thing so that it would not cling to my hand Third, to grow the seed of truth into the fruit of righteousness within our heart so that the mercy of God can look down into our essence, it is necessary to make or place a goal for yourself to turn to God and not to the power of your intellect. Psalm 107.25 and lower. Here it talks about the fact that the Lord blesses those who turn to Him as Lord and then how He curses those who Uh, who burn incense to their intellect. For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens, they go down again to the depths, their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet, so he guides them to their desired haven. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. 
a fruitful land into barrenness for the wicked of those who dwell in it. You see what the intellect does here. And so he turns a fruitful land into barrenness, an empty land for the wickedness of those who dwell in it. And so wickedness that lives in man, what it does, what does the Lord do? By using the renewed mind, he turns a wilderness into a lake. He turns a wilderness into pools of water and dry land into water springs. There he makes the hungry dwell, that they may establish a city for a dwelling place, and sow fields and plant vineyards, that they may yield a fruitful harvest. He also blesses them, and they multiply greatly, and he does not let their cattle decrease. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet he sets the poor on high, far from affliction, and makes their families like a flock. The righteous see it and rejoice, and all iniquity stops its mouth. Whoever is wise will observe these things, and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Here the Lord shows what happens when we <clears throat> respect the word of God and and we do it using our renewed mind and when we don't use our renewed mind. What happens? Fourth, to grow the seed of truth into the fruit of righteousness within our heart so that, so that the mercy of God can look down into our essence, it is necessary like God to be merciful to the vessels of mercy and be strict with the vessels of wrath. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablets of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Proverbs 3.3.4 When it's talking about God's mercy, the interests of which we are called to present using God's name and before God, we need to always consider what is the mercy of God and what kind of mercy we need to demonstrate. Otherwise, there are people that are vessels of wrath and people that are wicked and unclean that actually are prompting God's wrath. First Kings 20.42, Then he said to him, Thus says the Lord, Because you have let slip out of your hand a man whom I appointed to utter destruction, therefore your life shall go for his life and your people for his people. According to Scripture, if you show mercy to the wicked, then this mercy will not in any way transform him into a holy person because vessels of wrath are not able to be renewed with repentance. Isaiah 26.10 Let grace be shown to the wicked, yet he will not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness he will deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. <clears throat> Therefore, only when we will uh, demonstrate mercy and truth to vessels of mercy, we will obtain mercy from God as well as men. And for this purpose, the scriptures recommend us to bind our neck with mercy and truth and write them on the tablets of our heart, which means to <clears throat> set yourself up and prepare yourself <clears throat> to demonstrate mercy in accordance to the truth. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment, James 2.13. And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise, Luke 10.37. The question, <clears throat> who is your neighbor? 
He, he had asked the question. He asked a Jew a question. Uh, if you remember, uh, the <clears throat> if you remember the Samaritan man, uh, that there were there was a, a priest who had passed him by, and there were a Levite who had passed him by, but the Samaritan man had helped him, and so that was the question: Who was the one who was his neighbor at the, at the moment? If you notice that the mercy. Uh, if you remember, uh, he was robbed, and he, they themselves were servants and slaves. And Jesus said uh, these words when the Pharisees had condemned him and his disciples uh, for eating uh, grains uh, of wheat uh, on the Sabbath. And he told them, if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the, gent- the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Matthew 12, 7, 8. A vessel of mercy can only be one who is in him and is in his godly presence. Jesus is unique and all those that are in him, he always protects them because they are in him. And so we are interested in Jesus and to be in him. We are right now in the church. We are in Jesus Christ. We are in him. This demonstrates the fact that we have the right to God's mercy. Here we're talking about God's mercy and what we need to do, what price do we need to by the by the grown seed of truth, we can draw God's mercy upon us. Fifth, to grow the seed of truth into the fruit of righteousness within our hearts so that the mercy of God can look down into our essence, it is necessary to not boast in the flesh, but rather boast by the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 6, 14 through 16, God for, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the Lord the world has been crucified to, him, to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation, and as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. And so we boast upon the things we trust in, and so the refusal to boast about the abilities of our mind and our gifts and our achievements is refusal to trust upon your flesh. And so trust upon the flesh, it transforms us from the vessels of mercy to vessels of wrath because what we trust upon is our God. And so to not be attracted and convinced to hope upon the flesh, the scriptures uh, warn us to beware of dogs and evil workers Philippians 3, 2, 3 Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh And so here he shows what true circumcision is it is. It is when a person doesn't boast in the flesh, but boasts about Jesus Christ and trusts in Jesus Christ. And so, about this brother or sister, you can then say that he got he has God's mercy, because he does not boast in his flesh. He does not trust in his flesh. He boasts by Jesus Christ. 
Sixth, to grow the seed of truth into the fruit of righteousness within our heart so that, so that the mercy of God can look down into our essence, it is necessary to sow for yourself righteousness and break up the fallow ground within yourself. <clears throat> Hosea 10.12 Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till He comes and rains righteousness on you. To sow righteousness in yourself means to implement within your conscience the definition of righteousness by faith in Christ Jesus. This is because when God had made had made the father of all who believe, he received justification because of this fact. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Romans 4.3 When did Abraham become the father of all who believe? In uncircumcision. Here is where Jews uh, sw swallow the bone, and they conflict. They conflict so much. Because he was, uh, he was saying that Abraham was the father of all who believed before circumcision, and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness of the faith which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who believe, though they are un uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also, and the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but also, also walk in the steps of faith which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. And so fallow ground is first of all uh, breaking up and turning the earth uh, that's within our heart, ready, making it uh, ready for sowing, which means that the aspects of our essence which belong to us by right as an inheritance, <clears throat> these are those aspects that are still within needing to be broken up and prepared. And this is so that we can then receive the seed of the mercy of God and breaking up such fallow ground ready to then receive the seed of mercy is possible only in a strong city from the position of the organic membership of the body of Christ. Psalm 31.21 Blessed be the Lord, for He has shown me His marvelous kindness in a strong city. Isaiah 26.1 In that day the song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. And Proverbs 18.10 the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And so this is the place where the Lord does not just protect us, keep us, but where our fallow ground will be broken up. It needs to be prepared, broken up within us, within ourselves. And this promise that lays at the door of our hope, when we hear what God has begun doing, this promise uh, began to be heard very differently when our uh, fellow ground needed to be broken up. As we learned, we need to do. Looking at rapture, the door of our hope, we began to see a very different soil. 
one that needs to be prepared. And the Lord does care very much about our body. It's not that only before rapture will be healthy. This uh, fallow ground needed to especially be prepared. The Lord wants to establish the resurrection of Christ, not just in our spirit, but completely wants to save our soul by renewing our mind by the spirit of our mind and using this renewed mind and using a gentle tongue and heart, you then work to save your body and the Lord wants to erect the stronghold of life uh, before He uh, appears. And so we need to prepare it, break up this fallow ground. We need to look at our body from a very different perspective and begin to prepare it by confessing the Word of God so that the Lord can pour out the the <clears throat> waters of His Word and so that we can bear fruit. God's mercy is when God will show His ground to us and we begin to collaborate with Him so that our ground can bear fruit. Seventh, to grow the seed of truth into the fruit of righteousness within our heart so that the mercy of God can look down into our essence, it is necessary to be hospitable and minister with your possessions, the one And so, uh, some, and so sometimes a person may consider hospitality as something um, where you just uh, receive the pastor and he can give you words of comfort, you sitting comfortably on your couch. This may also have something to do with it, but this is not necessarily hospitality in, a ca- in this case. <clears throat> and so again, to be hospitable and minister with your possessions, the one that God has placed to tend his flocks. This, uh, 2 Timothy 1, 15 through 18. This you know that all those <clears throat> in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygeus and Hermogenes. The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. And so he was uh, surprised. Apostle Paul was saying he was surprised that this person, he did, he was not ashamed of his chain. He's in the Roman prison uh, suffering for Christ's sake. And so he wanted to go see him there. And people were being killed for the name of Christ and he wanted to uh, find him uh, so that he can and so this is one that can come as a guest and die together for you in the name of Jesus Christ if necessary Matthew 10 40-42 he who receives you receives me and he who receives me receives him who sent me he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward And he who receives the righteous man in the name of the righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Matthew 10, 40-42 
хочу. Но есть времена, когда я хочу. Есть времена, когда помазание Божие нуждается в нашей помощи. And so sometimes uh, there are times when the anointed of God will need your help, where there is an atmosphere of heat, and in the midst of all kinds of accusation and criticism, you stand up together with him and stand together with him. This is the true uh, hospitality. And so people say, well, only over one cup of water I'll be able to be saved if I give it to one of these, uh, one of the little ones, as it says in Scripture. And so they, but when you need to under, you, what you need to understand is that a hospitality here is referred to something different. Question four. By what science can we judge that the mercy of God has looked down from heaven upon the truth that we have grown in our heart into the fruit of righteousness, by the collaboration of which we can judge that we are demonstrating the power of brotherly love in our faith that moves us from eternal death into eternal life? First sign by the, of the mercy of God that is present over our tent will be the factor that we will be a green olive tree in the house of God by which we will be able to judge that we are demonstrating the power of brotherly love in our faith. I will be a green olive tree in the house of God. First sign. Emerald, the foundation precious stone uh, where, with the name of John, Yahweh is merciful. I shall be this green olive tree. This is a sign that the mercy of God is collaborating with the truth that's in my heart. Psalm 52.8 But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. To trust in the mercy of God forever and ever is only possible in one situation if we are a green olive tree in the house of God. To be a green olive tree in the house of God is to be a light in brotherly love, which is the wellspring of healing. Revelations 22.1.2 And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. You say this is the tree of life, this uh, green olive tree, but we need to grow this tree of life in, in our heart. If we possess a, a gentle tongue, as it is written, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Proverbs 15.4 This means that we have within our faith the power of brotherly love. If we have the tree of life in our heart, this is having this wholesome or this gentle tongue. This is the tree of life, and this means that you have God's mercy. If my tongue is not gentle, then I am not familiar with God's mercy. And so a person, again, without a gentle tongue, they will not be able to find God's mercy. Second sign of the mercy of God that is present over our tent will be the factor that we will be given God's help. 
so that we can fulfill our calling. Numbers 11.11 So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you afflicted your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight, that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? Numbers 11.11 And so if we are given God's help so we could fulfill our calling that consists of the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, we have within our faith the power of brotherly love. God helps, and it's interesting if you pay attention, pastor and the symbol when Moses was shout, uh, shouting to God, crying out to God, why is that I have to bear your nation? Did I bear them? Did I give birth to them? It shows how our sacred uh, spirit uh, cries out about our soul. The soul and the body are, uh, the weight is too much. It's hard to carry. I can't carry it alone. You created this body. You know what he, we told, he told uh, Moses? He said, select uh, uh, elders so that they can help you. And when you select them, you place them from your spirit, I will take and give to them. And these seven elder, 70 elders when you say, Lord, I can't, I can't, why do I need to do this alone? And so God will ask, then why are you doing it all by yourself? Jesus said, come to me, you who are weary. And remember when Jesus said, come to me, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so you say, Lord, I want to bear a light burden. And so Jesus says, collaborate with me. And so he tells him, you need 70 elders that will help you. And pastor showed in the sermon, the 70 elders, the number 70 is the fullness of God. First, to help us, you need to first enter into the church of God, the fullness. If you become an organic member of the body of Christ, then these 70 elders will be able to help you. To help you, and so that you not cry out to me, you need to completely dedicate yourself, where you can completely sanctify yourself so you can completely dedicate yourself. The 70 elders is confessing the word of God when we proclaim God's ju justice against our old person and we proclaim life for our body in the resurrection of Christ, our body and soul. And so he told Moses, why are you crying out to me? I was waiting until you turned to me. Why are you doing everything alone? And he says, well, how? He said, you need help. You need a, a fullness uh, that, and the proper confessions of your heart so you can proclaim judgment. Allow these 70 elders to help you to proclaim God's judgment. Why? Because when I, from the position of these 70 elders that are in my heart, begin to proclaim God's word, God then is a servant of that word. And so what, I confessed it, and you say, thank you, Lord, according to your word. And so then he rolls up his sleeves and says, allow me to help you. How does he help? How does he help? 
And so then it becomes much easier. And why does it become easier? Because you understand that God is a servant of his own word and he does everything that he says. If it is according to his will, you proclaim it. And so there's 70 elders inside of you learn so you know how to pray uh, pray properly so that I can help you. We need to utilize him in our life so that we can erect the stronghold of life within our soul and our body. When we say, Lord, it's too difficult, I can't. Nothing's working. And the Lord says, allow me to help you. Because when you uh, work with me, with my name, third sign of the mercy of God that is present over our tent will be that the, f- the factor that the law of God will be our delight. Psalm 119.77 Let your tender mercies come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. So that the mercy of God can look down up from heaven upon our essence and uh, allow us to have delight in, in the law, it is necessary that this law not just be familiar to this person up on paper, but that it be his beloved food and beloved drink. And so comfort that comes from God's mercy, the delight that comes from God's mercy, is in the law of God. A law, any law, it is good to those who follow the law and it is bad to those or strict to those who don't, toward those who don't. And so when his law is our delight or our comfort and not something we're irritated by, Romans 11, 20 through 22, because of unbelief they were broken off and you stand by faith, do not be haughty but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who felt severity, but toward you goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. Romans 11, 20-22 God's mercy can be our delight or mercy or comfort when we receive it from our instructor. Psalm 11976 Let I pray your merciful kindness before my comfort according to your word to your servant. The mercy of God given to us to deliver us from our enemies and those who persecute us. Psalm 143:12 In your mercy cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul for I am your servant. And so when our enemies begin to uh, persecute us, then God begins to show his mercy. When we then cry out to God. And so this again is not self-pity, but when we pray according to his will, Lord, show your mercy and according to your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. But he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Psalm 32.10 If the law of God that is concealed within our heart in the form of the elementary teaching of Christ is our delight or our comfort, we have within our faith the power of brotherly love. Fourth sign of the mercy of God that is present over our tent will be the factor that in the moment we walk in the midst of trouble, God will revive us and stretch out to it stretch out his hand against the wrath of our enemies. Psalm 138, 6-8 through 8. 
Though the Lord is on high, yet he regards the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. He knows them often by the walk. One who is proud, he walks uh, a different way. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me, you will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. If God stretches out against the wrath of my, our enemies, that means we have within our faith the power of brotherly love. Psalm 138, 6-8. And so when I read these places of Scripture, we know that the pastor addresses this to our old person, to our inner person, and we see this portrait in what way the Lord looks at the old person. I see him from afar by the way he walks, the arrogance that a person will have. And God can show his mercy and protect us from this uh, old one old, that is within us. Fifth sign of the mercy of God that is present over our tent will be the factor that we will possess the ability to be ministers of the new covenant. How can we be ministers of the new covenant? It's talking about apostles, prophets, and teachers. No, it's talking about every one of us that can be ministers of the new covenant. Second, Second Corinthians 3, 6 through 3.16 through 18.4.1 and 2. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the image of the glo- from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. The glory of the Lord within our spirit is the fullness of the undamaged teaching of Christ. Looking upon it with our renewed mind, we are transformed into that very image from glory to glory. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. And so in this way, the mirror upon which we look with our renewed mind is the undamaged truth that is concealed within our heart. If we are able to, with an unveiled face, as in a mirror, to look at the glory of the Lord and be transformed into the image from glory to glory, we have within our faith the power of brotherly love. And so God's mercy is when we look upon the mercy of God. When we look upon the mercy of God is when our face is unveiled. And so the veil is upon our face. So we can look upon the face of the Lord, the veil that covers our face and does not allow us to see the glory of God and the word of God, we need to unveil our face and cover our head, acknowledging God's authority over ourselves. And so a person who has not acknowledged the authority of God over himself, his face continues to remain covered and he does not see God's glory. If you look at yourself in the mirror and you put something over your face, of course you can't see your face. And so, this is the heart of a carnal person. That's how it is. How can he see in the mirror his reflection in Jesus Christ? You need to 
take this covering and cover your head with it rather than your face and acknowledge God's authority over yourself and agree with the word that the Holy Spirit offers and this will be a covering and so when a covering is not covering my face but rather my head I can then look upon this word and be transformed in the order within the order of God from glory to glory let us bend our knees and pray may the Lord bless us in our prayer Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the word that we heard today. Thank you that today your mercy that is in heaven, it will look down from heaven and will fill our hearts, will fill our our soul, our mind, will cover with, with the dew our mind when we are collaborating with your truth. We thank you that today we can have the ability to look upon the Word of God with an unveiled face, acknowledging your godly order in the body of Christ. We pray that today the mercy that is in heaven, it will be able to look down and meet with the truth that we have received into our heart. We hear the Word of God, we've accepted that truth, and we are confirming that truth inside. We pray that that truth that we have heard, that we have confessed, so that it be covered with the dew of your revelation and that you send your rain, and that this truth would be able to bear fruits of righteousness. And when we bear fruits of righteousness, grown fruit of righteousness in our heart, then you will send your mercy. You will allow your church to see this mercy. We pray today and we thank Uh, that we continue to break up that fallow ground the word that we hear it is dear to us we still have many areas where we have this ground that still needs to be dug out that needs to be prepared for sowing and so uh, we pray Lord that you continue to be merciful upon us so that we work on these areas we can bear fruit in these areas we pray that you, this fallow ground in all areas in our heart be broken up in our spirit, in our soul, in our body. We pray that we, the word that is given today that we receive, it be grown into the fruits of righteousness. We pray that in the Eden of our heart, the fruit of gentleness be grown. That is the gentleness that is demonstrated in the gentleness of our tongue. And we confess this word in the gentleness and the humility and the trembling of our hearts that trembles before your word. We tremble before your words and we lift you up in your law and your judgments. We proclaim your ju- your justice against our enemies. We pray today that you protect your inheritance, that you protect every one of us, that you protect us from all illnesses, from all misfortunes, from all viruses, from all depression, from all fear, from phobias, from all misunderstanding and ignorance in the name of Jesus Christ. May your mercy come in your protection. We thank you, Father, that we can be under your covering, under your protection, under the covering of your, in the shadow of your wings, the word of God and Holy Spirit that reveals this truth. We, I pray that you continue to lead us to our goal and that word that we heard today, that we accept it and 
we pray that you put new breads upon this table of showbreads and we will keep them there. We won't allow our intellect to uh, determine what we like or don't like. We will wait for your Sabbath so that in your temple, within your tabernacle, within your Sabbath, we can receive answers to the questions that we have within ourselves. We thank you for your mercy that you respond to your nation from your holy heavens and we have known that you respond to your anointed one and you save your anointed ones. May your mercy be upon our our pastor Arkadi that your word that you give to him so that it can give us life and all the promises that are within the death and ruin so that they be lifted, pulled out and so that they be placed before you so that this giant may rise all over the face of the world and perform your judgments and your justice in this world, but first in your church. May you show the difference between those who serve you and those who don't serve you, those who honor you and those who dishonor your holy name. Protect your inheritance from the enemy, the enemy that's inside and the enemy that's outside of us. Protect us from false apostles, false prophets, false teachers. Protect us from false brothers, false sisters, and all those who speak of love, but they don't have in their heart your mercy because they are not vessels of mercy. And may your mercy be poured out upon the vessels of mercy. Allow us to be hospitable to one another and so that we can be considered of one another so that we can be indulgent to one another, so that we can protect one another, understand one another, support one another, and demonstrate brotherly love that will allow us to pass from the state of eternal death to the state of eternal life. May your name be blessed upon this holy place, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And let's finish with our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen.